0: This is Texas Soccer is Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is for my boys back in Texas. The Warnsworth had churches in a necklace. We found out that you gave in.
1: All right, here we go. This hour of 9 p.m. this week instead of 10 p.m. like we've been doing. Uh, my name is Kyle Makey. His name is Larry Leathers. We are here for Texas Soccer Radio. Um, starting at our new Periscope time. Whoops, as I beat the crap out of my mic there. Sorry about that. Uh, starting at our new time of 9 p.m. Central on Thursday night. So, Larry, how are you doing, man? How, is the sun still up over there? I feel like it's so early.
0: It's too bright outside. It's not dark <laughs> enough for me. I'm a night owl, though, so I stay up all night and... I'm usually up till 2 or 3 in the morning, so it's early. It's very yeah. early.
1: Yeah, we, we kind of took that for granted because we're both kind of night owls and we realized, wait, not everybody is. Some people, you know, have to be up early. I don't know. Whatever. Here we are. Um, so we have a lot to talk about this week. We've got some good San Antonio FC content, some good USL content, um, it's opening day for baseball. So why not talk about baseball in our soccer podcast? <laughs> um, cause we had some interesting stuff happening there. Um, but you want to start out with, uh, the previous match for San Antonio FC SAFC versus St. Louis FC, the home opener,
0: the home opener. And we got the win. We got three points, two to one. Um, it, man, this game was, it was interesting. It was a tale of two halves, basically, because the first half was really, really ugly. Um, I'll be honest, I did not see the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, shout out to Miguel. He was the guy standing outside by the, t- by the lines to get into the stadium, um, who directed me to a different entrance because there was no line to wait. I'd get to walk right in. That was not the case. I ended up walking over to a line that was three times longer than the line I left and didn't get in until after 10 minutes after the match started so shout out to y'all trying to help you out you're out here burning him (laughs) for. hey i mean if you're gonna tell me that there's no line no wait there better be no line and no wait it wasn't even a, a line that was the same size it was significantly larger than the one that i left that's fair enough that's fair enough well
1: you didn't miss um too much from the San Antonio FC side. I'm gonna be honest, my internet is like everything's on fire right now. I don't know what's going on. The the Periscope crashed, the site, the USL site won't load. I've got nothing. So let me pull up my actual paper stat here, um, which I don't have the one I need. So you wanna take us through some of the big events there at the beginning of the game while I try and get my shit figured out. <laughs>
0: Well, the goal that I didn't see apparently came 3 minutes into the game. This one I, I I don't really have much to say about it. I didn't get to see it. Um how bad was it? <laughs> it was it
1: was one of those ones where you felt like it was kind of a clincher. Like you you see the play developing and you're kind of clinching in your seat going, "Oh no, is this uh oh yeah, yep, it's going to happen." So, um you know you kind of mentioned it earlier that the the two halves it was totally different teams practically uh, as far as what we saw on the field and speaking strictly of the first half and of the match in sacramento um, the defense looked rough especially that back line and it felt like there's a lot of growing pains there hey there we go i've got my internet back um, a lot of growing growing pains there, especially with the central defenders. Um, and you don't have Greg Cochran at, at left back for that match. So very shaky back line um, as far as time spent together. Uh, I don't know what sort of uh, remember the Titans, Friday Night Lights, crazy ass uh, speech was given at halftime, but <laughs> that team came out a completely different team, especially Ryan Felix and Chris Christian, I thought they looked phenomenal in the second half. Um, Ryan Felix, in, they both played really well, but Felix in particular um, shut down a couple would-be goals and really made his mark on that match. And if that's the normal of what we're going to see going forward, then I have a lot of faith in this defense that um, I didn't necessarily have at, at the beginning of the year after that Sacramento match.
0: You're, I mean, you're definitely right, those two looked a lot better in the second half. um My main concern is, is that going to be what we expect the rest of the season i mean obviously the it's there's there's growing pains like you mentioned there are growing pains right now. A lot of this line most all of this line for the most part wasn't there last year. um We're working in a bunch of new players um particularly with that line Jesus Mike Seth. Please don't ever play that position ever again. Whoa! whoa no! 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 no, 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 no. Much, no. Man. Mike Smith- Seth looked horrible back there. I disagree. I thought
1: for a replacement fallback, he did his his job. It was a, a team effort in the failings of the first half. I thought he he turned it
0: around just as well in the second half. I'm gonna disagree with it with you right there. Cochran being missing on that side was a big problem for us if that's who we're going to be filling it in with. I would have much rather seen hell um, Maxie or somebody go back there and try to play it rather than Mike Seth. Seth was just getting beat all over the place. He looked horrible back there.
1: I I couldn't disagree with you more. I think St. Louis did a good job of attacking that first half um, and the support wasn't really there. So I think even if you had Greg Cochran in that spot, there wouldn't have been a huge difference And with Mike Seth, he's played fullback before. This isn't his first time playing fullback. Um, He came into the club as a forward, but he has played fullback uh, previously to that. So he's really the only person on the roster right now um, who has played that as more than just a fill-in role. Um, I, I would much rather see him again next week if we have to in L.A., um, than someone who is a converted midfielder or something. I know we lucked out with Marco Jong last year, but I don't see that happening two years in a row.
0: No, it's um, yeah. I I I'm on the complete other side of the fence with you, Seth. Seth has no business back there. Just because he's played it before doesn't mean he's good at it or even a replacement-level player for that position. I'd rather see him farther up the field because he was just getting beat all over the place. I think we've got other options, even sticking Maxie back there, stick Hedrick back there, stick somebody else back there because I really feel like it couldn't have been any worse. (laughs) I I fully disagree with you
1: there. (laughs) I think he's definitely the best replacement that you had, but I didn't think he did that bad uh, relative to the rest of the team. Anyway, he wasn't, you know, team of the week level, but I felt like he got more and more comfortable as the game went on. Um, Unfortunately, we won't know if uh, Greg Cochran will be there in LA or not, as SAFC doesn't really release injury reports midweek. So obviously you hope to have the minutes leader back. You hope to have, um, you know, the, the guy who, has always been the left back for this club pretty much. Um, but if you don't, I, I would think you would see Mike Seth again in LA. I, um,
0: I truly hope that's not the case
1: here. I got Periscope back by the way. So oh, okay. if I missed anything, sorry, <laughs> um, chat, feel free to, to shout it out again. But um, I, you know, it, it was, I don't want to repeat myself again and again and again, right. but I, I really think it was a, a team failure in the first half as far as the defense went.
0: Uh, no, the, the whole, the whole line looked bad. They didn't look great. Like you said, they got it together in the second half. It looked like a different team. Felix and Christian were clicking. then I'm still holding judgment on what that defense is going to look like in the long run until we have Cochran and McCarthy back there together. Um, but yeah, hopefully what we saw in the second half keeps going forward.
1: I mean, there's a chance that Stephen McCarthy is not a starting center back this year. Uh, he's been injured but there's a chance that Felix and Christian are the top pairing Um, you know what do you think especially seeing a second half that was significantly better what do you think of the back line with those two Cochran and King
0: I'm fine if that's the back line if they continue to improve upon their play Um, obviously we know Powell's big on giving everybody a shot at a position every week so I'm hopeful that McCarthy can earn it. I know he's got the talent for it, Um, but you're right. He could definitely be the third one in line now. I just hope that's not the case. I'd like to see him back out there again. Yeah. I just don't know who I'd replace out there between Felix and Christian. They both look good. Um, Maybe it's a rest situation where somebody's just getting sad every week and it's just a rotation. I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, it could be. Uh, i I don't know. With Stephen McCarthy getting hurt in preseason and then continuing to have this injury um, through at least two games, we we don't know his status for this week. Um, that's not a great sign, especially right at the beginning of the season. But you never know. Maybe you know something else happens and, and he ends up stepping up mid-season or late-season when he's a hundred percent. If it takes that long, have no idea what his injury yeah. is. So. Um, one, one thing that was interesting to me is I feel bad for Cyprian Hedrick, man. Like he came in as the guy last year. It was, uh, him and Sebastian Biaga and Stephen McCarthy was the odd man out in the opener. And, um, now Hedrick has fallen to at least fourth on the depth chart because you have, um, Felix and Christian and then Gianluca Cuomo got, the spot in the 18 over cyprian hedrick um I, I just feel bad for him man he's been on the podcast for super nice dude um hell of a defender in okc but i don't know what's happened since that has him at that role
0: gonna have to make more of an effort to try and pick him out if we get it get to training during the week to see what's going on with him and how he looks because yeah we just we haven't gotten to see any of him and don't really know what happened and why he fell off in favor uh yeah. with powell here
1: well, one combination, one pairing that is absolutely working. Mikey Lopez and Chris Tierpak. Uh, I almost said Mikey Tierpak. Like, just combine them both, right? <laughs> um, it works. So, yeah. Um, killer, killer pairing through the first two weeks. Um, the Both goals were generated by those two. <laughs> they each got a goal and an assist off of those two goals. Um, I think I wrote in... Uh, tweet or in a thought of some sort that it's like watching two school kids play and part of that is because that's exactly what it is. These guys played together in the youth training uh, in the youth age. <laughs> um, sorry, I'm all distracted. My internet keeps going in and out my Wi Fi. So, you know, flying, flying blind here a little bit old school. Um, anyway, what do you think about that pairing so far? And you know, do you think this is something that is going to carry the attack for the season?
0: Well, they seem to be picking up where uh, Guzman and Guadarrama uh, started off in the preseason. So, obviously, we didn't see Sonny in the first match because he was injured. Um, he did come in in this game, but as a sub. Uh, so, I'm hopeful that maybe we – they're, they're picking up the slack here, and I'm hopeful that um, if those two can keep firing off together – Guadarama and Guzman can pick up together. Geez, unstoppable force up front there if we've got two pairings that are just hitting off every night.
1: Yeah. I, I think the one thing that this team doesn't have is like one guy that's like the guy. Um, you know, unfortunately, they just missed out on the bidding for Zlatan. Uh, he ended up with the Galaxy instead of <laughs> SAFC. That close. Um, but I think what's better than having like Frank Tayu in 2016, or Billy Forbes last year, is having players that can work well together, especially multiple pairings of that. So to have Tierpak and Lopez working like that. Um, and we got our first glance at Sonny in the latter minutes of uh, this match, and I think we'll probably see more going forward um, because he, his distribution is incredible, it's insane. And, um, you know, he he looked like he had a heck of a shot of his own, too. So what's up, Kaiser Todd? You told me you'd be on. I knew it. Um, My internet popped up just in time for Todd's message to get in before it crapped back out again. Um, Anyway, I'll stop talking about that. But, yeah, I, I think it's almost better to have multiple ways to score. Because what we saw last year with Billy Forbes, where he lit up the league for the first month and then crap the bed for most of the rest of the season uh, up until the very end so uh, are you feeling better about the attack through these two games than what we saw last year or what maybe we thought we would see
0: it's funny because we didn't think we'd have to worry too much about the defense going into this season and they haven't looked great so far other than this last 45 of this this game um but the offense man they're clicking on all cylinders like it's we've got something there between those two pairings we've got something there and if you know Presley can make himself a little bit more involved he did he looked good in this game like don't get me wrong Presley looked good in this game nothing horrible to say about him but we get another person involved Jesus we're going to be a offensive team rather than a defensive team here pretty quick
1: yeah (laughs) very well could be I mean there's there's nothing saying that San Antonio is only trying to score one nil games constantly. That's just sort of how it's worked out in the past. But if these guys are able to connect, then, you know, that's, that's what it's going to be. Before we get into a topic that's probably going to take up a good chunk of our time, I want to just hit kind of the recap of this game as far as cards go. So uh, San Antonio FC does currently lead the league in, Uh, cards last I checked I haven't checked today but yesterday um, they were leading the league so we did
0: it (laughs) you just got a red card for saying that
1: (sighs) fuck all right see you guys later (laughs) (laughs) Um, so in this match uh, Diego Restrepo gets one in the 76th minute after Sonny Guadarrama was just spear tackle (laughs) like it was an ugly hit um, and Diego got one for arguing. Um, Pekka and Mikey Lopez each got yellow cards and Sonny got his own card in the 83rd minute. Um, whereas St. Louis, they had one yellow card distributed. Um, before we get more into that, Jesus asked on Periscope, would you rather have a defensive or offensive team? Um, what do you think, Blair?
0: Um, From a fan standpoint... An offensive team is way more fun to watch. So if we're going out there and shooting hot fire and we're putting in two, three, four goals a game, that's going to get the crowd super involved, especially at those home games. And it's going to make Toyota Field rock like it's never rocked before. So I am all for having an offensive team personally, as long as we're able to keep ourselves ahead.
1: Yeah. What about you? I'm right there with you, man. You, you stole the thought right out of my head because – as much as I love watching this team and watching soccer in general, uh, some of those 0-0 draws and 1-0 games, they can be a little less exciting than, you know, four three matches or, you know, two ones or, or whatever. So obviously you never want to concede a goal. None of the goalkeepers or defense or anyone wants to concede a goal. Um, but I, I would rather... See more goals conceded and scoring more, as you know what I mean. Like that's that's just personal preference. I think it's more entertaining, but that's not what I expect. Though I think we're gonna get back to seeing a lot of clean sheets here before too long.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you're right. I'm really hoping that we're more balanced overall. Um, if we've got those two pairings kicking off scoring goals, then and the defense figures themselves out, which it seems like they're slowly getting there, we'll be in good shape. Yeah. Well-rounded's a good way to go, too.
1: I mean, you've got four points through the first two weeks. That's nothing to complain about. No. <laughs> um, Not at we're, all. We're just going to kind of see where this team heads. And, you know, I think just thinking about that offense versus defense type thing again, uh, an attacking team is hard to find in USL, an attacking team that can do it well. And I think when you get to the USL Cup playoffs, Um, you're seeing a lot of teams that bunker down and they're going to um, try and take you to PKs, which we saw uh, San Antonio fall on last year. So
0: I... um, I hate PKs. Can we please not go to PKs anymore?
1: So my point being, if you're able to generate more goals and put the pressure on the other team to catch you at this level, that's, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But... Um, just wrapping up this game, Kyle Grieg from St. Louis got the first goal in the second minute. Uh, Mikey Lopez put in a beautiful header in the 21st minute. And Chris Tierpak finished one in the 60th minute of the match. Um, yeah, I. anything else about this game specifically before we talk about the topic that we both know we're about to talk
0: about? No, we may as well get right into it. I don't cool. know that either of us want to, but we're going <laughs> to.
1: So yeah, here's the thing. Um right after after the game, I guess Monday morning, Sunday night, there was a Twitter thread that started that I'm I'm not going to name names specifically because it kind of took a turn that um I think most people didn't really want it to take. Um but the the gist of the thread was that some folks want to see matt cardoni starting in goal instead of diego restrepo and so the first let's address just the the play style i guess I, i'm struggling to figure out how to break this down even though we've had a whole week to think i about know
0: it. it's but, a tough subject to, yeah. to, to talk about honestly especially with the way it went down because it went from banter about players in devolved into personal attacks on them and it got really ugly really fast i was at work i yeah. <laughs> i had to silence my phone because it was literally just dinging every second and my coworkers were like staring at me going like everything okay over there because it was like 200 plus notifications in four hours that morning welcome to soccer twitter <laughs> seriously it was it was bad <laughs> yeah. um yeah, no, it's, let's play style. Okay, so, I don't even know if that's the right place to start. Yeah, where do you want to Everybody start gets an opportunity on SAFC. Yeah. I think we need to make that very clear because a lot of people weren't feeling that way in regards to this fight. Matt Cardoni, Diego Restrepo, Lee Johnston, they all go out there every week to practice, and Darren looks at all of them, and he makes a decision with what he thinks best for the team for that week. Everybody gets an opportunity for their, their spot. Yeah. Yes. It's hard to argue with benching the 2017 USL goalkeeper of the year. However, if Matt is out playing him in practice, Matt would be in the goal. I think that's the easiest way to say it. Yeah. (laughs) I Um, think we both love Matt. We both like, love Diego too. Uh, Matt definitely has a soft spot being a hometown kid and everything he did when he stepped in for us before last season or two years previous or whatever. Um, and it was unfortunate that he got injured last year and Diego had to step in for him, but they go out and they compete every week and fight for a spot. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I don't know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so my, I, I agree a hundred percent. And to anyone who thinks that that's not the case, um, I will point you to an article written by Diego Restrepo himself for uslsoccer.com. Uh, highly recommend checking this out. It's a uh, kind of like the Players' Tribune, but uh, from the USL League site. Um, it's from the pitch, on the pitch. I, I'm getting those confused.
0: On the pitch, I believe is what it is. Um, and...
1: Basically, it's, it's a whole article about his life story and how he ended up here. And it's really, really a great read. And I actually learned stuff that I didn't know even after sitting down and talking with the guy for a pretty significant amount of time. Um, but one thing that stood out to me in the context of this conversation is he says, I got a call from San Antonio FC. I was offered a trial for the third keeper spot. It was a tough pill to swallow as an eight-year professional with over 80 starts and three years of top flight experience in South America. He came in as a trialist for the third goalkeeper spot in his own words, meaning Lee Johnston, who was in his second professional year, um, was or about to start his second professional year, uh, was ahead of him on the depth chart to start. Like, right. you earn your spot on this team. Sabrina Hedrick was not brought in to sit on the bench. Um, he was brought in because everyone thought he was going to be the starter, and other guys beat him out so far. Um, you know, you could go down the list, and there's my point being, everyone earns their spot on this team, and, and it's not just bullshit like we see it in training. You think Connor Presley was supposed to be the starting left winger in the home opener when you brought in jose escalante and you have omar gordon there um that's so i I digress that's my my main point on that but um my other thing is like both of these guys knew what they were getting into this year um like you know diego had other offers uh being goalkeeper of the year last year uh, and I wouldn't be surprised if Matt had other offers being such a solid contributor in 2016 and um, you know, looking as good as he did in the first four or five games in 2017.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, they both came back and they knew that this was going to be a battle. So for anyone feeling bad for Matt, I don't know that that's the right feeling. Um, one argument that I've seen made Uh, take it easy Jesus we'll see you um one argument that I've seen made is not liking how Diego plays Mm -hmm. um, in that he can be is reckless the right word he can be reckless is a heart attack it's
0: reckless may not quite be the right right word but he's he's aggressive let's put it that way he's very aggressive on the field and that's when I was interjecting myself into this twitter chaos that was my one thing I was saying is, yes, he is a little bit aggressive. And that's always been my one gripe with his play style. He's a great goalkeeper when he's in his box. The problem is, is he comes out of his box all the time. <laughs> and he moves probably a little bit farther down the field than I would care for, personally. I wish he'd stay back a little bit more. Um, and I think we might be seeing the flaws with that shown a little bit more because of the, the, the defensive line play right now. Um, obviously, the D line last year was super solid, and I think it shored up some of that, some of those holes that he created when he'd play like that. Um, having ibiaga get back real quick to help out and things like that, but uh, he's not a bad goalkeeper by any means. No. He's the goalkeeper of the year for last year. He's a good goalkeeper. Yeah. He's got his shortcomings. I think it's the aggressiveness, and I'd prefer not to have him in goal for PKs personally. I think Cardoni's got PKs a little bit better handled. That's just me. Uh,
1: As far as PKs go I think part of it is luck and the other part is Matt is a little bit bigger so he may have that extra reach there Um, but for live play I think you know the way that Diego plays is not a surprise to the coaching staff Um, especially after having been for almost the whole season for 2017 the starting keeper like they knew that he's going to uh, be very bold with some of his choices. (laughs) Um, So I I think that's part of the play style. If you remember back to 16 and 17, the goals that they had were generated from counterattacks and from getting the ball going quickly. Um, Sebastian Biago pushing it up the field himself and that kind of stuff. So I think that's part of where his um, play style comes from his you know tendency to push the ball forward a little bit and another thing I found out in that article on USL on USLSoccer.com was that he used to be an outfield player before he switched to goalkeeper um, and he says that's part of where he actually addresses that in the article he says that's part of where that flair comes from um, wanting to juke uh, juke attacking players and that kind of stuff but Um, I I get it. Like, I think if the coaching staff wanted him to stay on his line, like Juan La Madrid is not a shy guy. (laughs) Darren Powell's not a shy guy. Like, I feel like if they wanted him to play differently, um, you would hear that all the way up in the press box where I sit, or you know, all corners of Toyota field, you would hear that screaming. So um, I, I think it's all part of the plan and it sucks for Matt that he's, behind Diego right now but um, you know that's that's the team and that's just part of professional sports you don't get a starting role just because you're from here
0: yeah somebody's got to be the number two yeah it, it, it's going to be somebody you know and I, I feel like we probably have people complaining if Restrepo was number two like vice versa I think it's going to go both ways you're going to have people that want Matt in there you're going to have people that want Diego in there based on his pedigree and the things he's done for this team already. It's Powell's making the best decision that he can for the team to make it successful. And yeah. I think that's the bottom line. We have to trust in Darren to make decisions week to week. We may not always agree with all of them and some of them may not be the best ideas at the end of the game, but I, I can't fight having Diego in goal. Yeah.
1: I'm right there with you, man. I, Matt's a super nice dude and a hell of a goalkeeper. Um, but you know, that's, that's where we are. And the thing that makes me sad, I'm, I'm supposed to be unbiased. I'm supposed to be neutral about this kind of shit, but, um, at this level of team, at you know, the USL level media gets a lot of access to the players. And so I've talked with these guys a lot and, um, you know, Diego gives a shit man. Like I, not to say that Matt doesn't, this is not an right. indictment on Matt, but um again, reading through that piece on uslsoccer.com, you can see him talk about it himself where he's been traveling basically since he was 15 and he's really happy to be in San Antonio Um, as someone not from San Antonio myself. I relate to that. <laughs> like I, I get, not being from here and to not necessarily have all the advantages that come with that Um, but Diego works with the youth he has his own coaching academy he or not coaching academy he lessons is that the right phrasing he he works with kids yeah Um, and he puts on events for kids and for teaching and you know every time I've seen it's been very community involved and offering you know anyone can come out and that kind of stuff so to say that he doesn't care or he's not from here or whatever, like, yeah, he may not be from here, but it's his home now. And it's the first time in a decade that he hasn't had to look for a new club. And, you know, I I think maybe that just strikes a chord with me. And maybe it does for you not being from San Antonio either. Like it it strikes a chord with me that it pisses me off is what it does (laughs) when people uh, think that, just because someone is from here, they should get more advantages than someone who's not. So anyway, let me get off my soapbox real quick.
0: Now, it's a, it's a good soapbox to be on. It really is. It's, I, I keep saying it. Everybody earns their spot. They work hard every week. Everybody earns their spot. That's the end of yeah. this conversation at the end of the day. That's it. Everybody can bitch about it all they want and moan about it and complain about it, but that's what's happening at the end of the day. All those guys work hard.
1: Everyone's entitled to your opinion, for sure. I'm not trying to silence anyone or say, like, if I disagree with you, I'm going to argue on my podcast, (laughs) which I guess I am. But, you know, um, you're, you're welcome to your opinion. But just remember, like, these are real people. And this isn't the first time I've said this on this podcast where people say stupid shit on the internet and forget that, like, you know, they can read it like shit that you wouldn't say to someone's face. Right. Um, You know, it's one thing I think NBA players and NFL players like, yeah, they are people too. And it sucks when people are crappy to them, but I think they expect it more. It kind of comes with the territory more, but when you're throwing shade at somebody, you know, in USL or minor league baseball, or, you know, someone who's like coming over to shake your kid's hand or or take pictures and, and all that. And it's it's like, be cool. Be nice to everybody. You can. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my point.
0: <laughs> anyway. yeah, we can be better. We can be better as fans and yeah. better as people on the internet for sure. Yeah.
1: So anything else from St. Louis or this previous week regarding San Antonio
0: FC? I don't think so. We do have a game this week, though. We need to get through that. Do we? I think we might. Weird. We play somebody this week, maybe.
1: Yes, there is a match this week. Uh, another away match, another trip to California. Um, man, getting them all out at the beginning of the season, I guess. <laughs> but That's fine, get them out of the way. San Antonio FC will head to Los Angeles. Uh, to face Los Dos, um, not participating in El Tráfico, but getting <laughs> a shot at Los Dos uh, on Saturday, March thirty first. Kickoff is listed at five thirty p.m. Our time is that. Yeah, right
0: it's actually? early. Holy shit! It's an early game.
1: Is that because of the MLS game being after that?
0: Uh, are they playing the MLS game in the same stadium? Because it's at the StubHub Center.
1: I'm sure I would be willing to bet that it's going to be at um, the track and field stadium, which is also called StubHub Center.
0: Oh, is it? Um, it says the StubHub Yeah, that's all it says is the StubHub Center. I have Center. a hunch I can find out if my
1: fucking internet would work. Oh, I'm
0: working on it. I'm working on it. Here we go. Let's see.
1: My computer is um, hardwired. It's my Wi-Fi that's giving me issues. Um, Where's this game at?
0: <laughs> it says it's at the Stubhub Center too. Let's play. Oh yeah, no, you're totally right. Because this is oh no, our game might be after their game. Cause their game is at three Eastern, so it's an early morning game. Huh.
1: Yeah. Sorry, I'm totally reaching out and asking someone who would know. I don't know. Um man, my wi-fi, dude. Yeah, so we'll figure that out. Anyway, the point being is that SAFC will face lost dose at 5.30 um, Central Time. And this isn't the lost dose of the past, <laughs> uh, if you can even say that, because we've seen so many incarnations from week to week. But um, LA Galaxy 2 is one of those two sides, much like Portland, that is supposed to be taking things more seriously. Um, this year than they have in the past. So I don't think we're going to see a 9-0 blowout like we saw um, with Reno last year, Reno versus Lostos. But I have an
0: answer for you. There you go. What you got about the location? The game against Lostos is specifically listed as at the main stadium. So main morning game for MLS afternoon game for, Crazy. I wonder if they're giving it away on the same ticket. Ooh, that's an interesting idea.
1: Not that you needed any more reason to get, you know, the LA Derby folks out to watch, but
0: <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, same stadium.
1: Man, I'm so mad that my internet's not working. <laughs> that screws <laughs> up so much of what we do. I didn't realize how reliant on internet. This podcast was for me. I can't see Periscope right now, so if anyone's saying anything interesting in Periscope, feel yes. free to. I didn't see who oh, it was.
0: Yeah. Somebody else said Main Stadium, so
1: yeah, mm-hmm. there we go. Um, so, Los Dos so far this year has played twice. They fell to Colorado Springs to nothing, and they drew uh, Fresno one to one last week. Um, this looks like it'll be their home opener here on March 31st. So. Should be interesting. I mean, there's got to be so much focus on, you know, as Latan's coming to town and El Trafico's that weekend. Like, I wonder how much that affects the USL side to have so much else going on with the MLS side and and in the city. Like, I can't imagine, unless they do it as a doubleheader, I can't imagine that there's going to be too much fan support for this, right?
0: It might be a pretty empty game. We'll see. Um, I'm just hoping that we don't have plane issues trying to get out there again Jesus, this week. Yeah. Did
1: we talk about that last week? We did, yeah, we right? We did.
0: We glossed yeah. over that for sure.
1: Jeez. Yeah. So that was Yeah. Hopefully the planes will go a little smoother than last week, and you won't have someone saying that the plane might catch fire as they fly. Oh God. That's <laughs> ridiculous. Who says that? It's like the guy running through. Calm down, calm down. Anyway. Um, maybe probably won't see
0: a pregame show before that. That's kind of early.
1: We might, we might hop on Periscope and that... do a little pregame show again.
0: So, I look, I'd look to try to see if it was going to be a doubleheader game, and it doesn't necessarily appear that it is. But interesting enough, I did not realize that LA Galaxy 2 is doing $10 tickets for every seat, and it's all general admission in the StubHub Center. You can sit wherever you want. Damn, that's pretty yeah. cool. That's a pretty good deal, right there. Yeah, um, that's.
1: Man, who is it? Baltimore Orioles, I think. If children seven and under get in free now, or twelve and under, or something like that, just like Seriously. straight up getting free. Yeah. so okay. Yeah, there's there's some good deals out there for sports other than NFL, which you still have to mortgage your house to get out. But pretty much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think the last time I went to a game for two seats, we paid like four hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's just too much like it's too much for a sporting event of any kind that's crazy so so let's see incorrect password how can i have the incorrect
0: password kyle has officially broken his internet yeah i'm glad at least your pc is working so we can continue to record this and yeah that's hardwired right. in so it's something with your wi-fi router <laughs> Hopefully we get that fixed up later yeah, I got to stop
1: talking about it. I'm sorry. I'm sure that's obnoxious. Um, do you want to take us through the USL recap as far as the table, um, what the standings are at the moment?
0: Let me pull the table back up. That was one thing. You had it up. <laughs> I can yeah. get it up. Let's see. Um, so, I you can get it up. I can. Don't worry. Um, Western Conference standings. I'm not going to worry about the Eastern Conference here. Uh, Western Conference standings, top of the table, number one, Swope Park. 2, Sacramento, 3, Phoenix, 4, Las Vegas. What? How is Las Vegas in fourth? They're going to be so wrong. This is, <laughs> we, we are dead in the middle of the table at number nine currently. Um, Colorado Springs is at eight. Monarchs at seven. Um, right in the bottom of the table right now is Tulsa in 17th. And then the Gal- Los Dos at 16th. So, they haven't had a particularly good time right now. St. Louis and Reno are down there as well. So is RGV. Some surprises here. Fresno yeah. being up near the top, Las Vegas being up near the top. Didn't they not necessarily see that coming?
1: It's a long season, right? Yeah. Like we've we've still got time to not be proven totally wrong. Hopefully, we'll see. Um moving on to, to some USL news, just real quickly, uh, Indy 11 is opening the entire lower bowl of Lucas Oil Stadium for their match, and that's pretty cool.
0: That's amazing. I, I I started this season really wanting to go to Las Vegas to go see a game, and I'm full in on going up to see Indy play a game in, in Lucas Oil. That's, that's going to be an amazing place <laughs> to be for a game. Yeah,
1: that's... We've talked about it before, but for people who can't get into that stadium on an NFL day to be able to go in and see a quality soccer match in a really cool environment, really unique environment, that's, that's pretty cool. I mean, Atlanta has proven, uh, Seattle has proven you can do soccer in a football stadium if the configuration is right. So as long as you know, they don't mess it up too bad and people show up, it it's, has the potential to be a really cool home field.
0: It's going to be interesting to watch what happens with their ticket sales and if if they're able to fill out that lower bowl, because that would be yeah. amazing. Absolutely amazing for them and for the league.
1: And our favorite non-Texas team, Las Vegas Lights, have made two key signings, uh, two meme signings. Freddie Adu and Cash, the mascot, <laughs> is named Cash and looks like Elvis. So I don't know what's going on there. He
0: rode in on a mo- motorcycle into a casino at his <laughs> I announcement. It.
1: I love everything about that club. It's so bad. It's so gaudy. It's so tacky. And I can't get enough of it.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Get, just redo the uniforms and then we can talk. Ugh. <laughs> I love them.
1: I love everything about them. I have no complaints about that team. So tacky. Um, So tacky on so many levels. If this was like Des Moines or something like that, then that'd be something different. But for it to be Las Vegas and for them to be owning their stereotype so hard, like, I don't know how people can hate Las Vegas Lights FC and love Flying Chanclas de San Antonio. Like, it's the same thing. Like, you're just you know just going for it
0: (laughs) man i know so many people that have been buying the chanclas merch i really do so many people at work have been buying it (laughs) ordering shirts ordering hats ordering everything i mean it's good to see the city embracing it because it could have gone really bad (laughs) yeah it's better than people rioting right
1: anyway cash is the mascot i think we're gonna have to do a, a mascot bracket of you know cash and that one Trucky, Trucky man you, yeah and harry from uh swope park <laughs> and you know there's there's some quality mascots out there and by quality i mean awful and oh yeah there aren't any i don't know i guess i'm trying to think of a mascot in other sports that i'm like oh yeah that's a good one and it's hard. I guess Rowdy the Roadrunner keep it a homer.
0: <laughs> I mean, the Coyote's not bad. Oh
1: yeah, the Coyote. The coyote's awesome. It's not bad. I love the Coyote. Um yeah, just USL. <laughs> Need to bring Sting out. I hope Sting makes an appearance at some club
0: randomly. I like, should ask about that.
1: Find out what happened to the costume. I'm sure someone knows. This community is too small for someone to not know what happened to it.
0: Make oh, some, I'm
1: make some texts.
0: It's sitting in some back room at Toyota Field somewhere <laughs> in a box in the corner. I imagine the dust on it. Indiana
1: Jones It's with top men <laughs> like, in some secret warehouse somewhere.
0: We're going to have to ask some of the guys around the club if they have any clue where it went. Can we get it for the podcast? <laughs> you think they'd give it to us? Oh
1: my God, dude. What if we went live one day and one of us was dressed as Sting? How fantastic with that periscope be
0: <laughs> we would break this podcast <laughs> oh my god can it be me because it would terrify my wife yeah
1: so just got confirmation from a source a source it's alicia rodriguez friend of the podcast uh she leads uh sb nation's soccer blog about lafc angels on parade uh, you can also follow her at soccer musings She says they're playing in the main StubHub Center stadium after Galaxy versus LAFC. So there we go.
0: That's rough. (laughs) That's a tough turnaround right there to go from one game to another for the the stadium operators and the people that work there. (laughs) I wonder how that's going to work. Like, wouldn't
1: they just let people stay? (laughs) Like...
0: I mean, I if they're selling tickets for ten dollars and it's general admission sit anywhere, why wouldn't you? I guess the only holdup there would be they only have the lower bowl open for the Los Dos games, so they'd have to make everybody shift down to, to the lower bowl. <laughs> Hope it works out. I don't know. That's crazy. Maybe oh, you know what you do? You 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 offer something where. During the game, you can go to any of the ticket booths or anything like that and pay $5 once you're already in the stadium to stick around for the second game. So they can still cap capacity and not yeah. overfill the lower bowl and, and keep it in check that way. I don't know. That'd be a cool deal to do.
1: See, I feel like it would be better just to let people stay for free just to like let people know, hey, there's a second team. You should come out again at some point throughout the season. Either way. Yeah, absolutely. Either way. Um. So... Last two items on our agenda for our 30 minute show, as we go on minute 47 here, (laughs) we've got two major league dealings. The first one is something familiar. Um, Austin uh, City Council is moving forward with um, their research on the McAllis site for a potential MLS stadium. Um, the mayor of Austin has said if they want an MLS team, he feels like it's theirs if they want it, I believe was the quote. Um, and, you know, things are moving forward there uh, from, you know, as objective as I can be. Like, I know this is a very controversial subject, but it seems like things are moving forward. The city council voted for it unanimously. Um, there was some dissent at the meeting Yes. Um, specifically about affordable housing, which is obviously a huge issue for Austin and many, many other cities. But um, it, it seems like things are moving in a positive direction for MLS to Austin after this week.
0: I mean, this was the next logical step for them. This was We knew this was coming at some point. It was really just a matter of when they would get to the vote. God, I am so glad we didn't sit down and try to watch that meeting last week, considering it went till what midnight
1: well did you hear why it went to midnight no <laughs> so it was originally scheduled for like item 47 or something like that like towards the middle of the pack and the listing instead of having McCalla place it was McCalla road or something like that like oh. instead of one ending of the street they had a different one <laughs> and so because government being what it is um, the official rule is if you're gonna change, you know, what it's about, you have to move it to the back of the list. So
0: <laughs> I didn't hear of, that.
1: Yeah, because of one uh crappy typo <laughs> it ended up costing like an extra seven hours. They were literally there past midnight because they sang Mayor Adler happy birthday as the yeah. broadcast was shutting down. So Shout out to Chris Bills and Josh Babetsky and all the other friends of the podcast that uh, stuck that one out because that was brutal. Uh, Josh Jackson spoke to um, all great Twitter follows if you're uh, following the Austin awesome stuff. So,
0: yeah, those guys were committed. That's for sure. <laughs> I mean, we were recording last week when this meeting was going on. I was yeah, hoping that was- they would be done before we started the podcast, and it's 12 o'clock at night and they're just getting around to soccer stuff so yeah,
1: yeah that did not work out
0: <laughs> um but I guess basically now where we go from here is they've got to do the research on McCalla, and pre-court's got to bring all their research back to the table with actual numbers this time yeah um the city's got to do the same I want to say that it's due June 1st if I remember right so it's gonna be a while before we hear anything more and time's ticking. If they're going to be ready for the 2019 season, because yeah. they can't do anything until McAll is signed, sealed, and delivered. So,
1: I mean, I think it's pretty clear that there has to be a temporary stadium in place, yeah. or at least working towards a temporary stadium, because um, you're obviously not going to get a stadium built in six months, or you know, less than that, even. So, I think, I think MLS is coming to Austin. Let me just say that out loud I think it's happening and you know if it does it certainly seems like they're going to be in a temporary stadium for 2019 um, and you know where that puts the USL team <laughs> obviously the USL team has search of the Americas they have a venue right. but as far as like status where that puts them um, I would think that they would probably move up to Columbus and, and fill that void but anyway
0: definite possibility
1: it's going to be interesting to see how this all develops but it doesn't sound like we're going to hear anything big until the middle of the summer
0: Uh, i mean i think the only thing we may hear sooner is in regards to the lawsuit in columbus yeah and that moving forward that'll probably be where we hear stuff from here on out you probably won't hear too much from actually in austin until the summer
1: which for anyone who missed it um PSV, the owners of Columbus Crew did officially give their notice of intention to leave Columbus um, to fulfill that part of the law, even though they're still arguing that that law is invalid. Um, And something important that we didn't have listed down, but Orlando City just sold about 8% of their shares to uh, another owner which uh, the important part is we got an actual valuation of an MLS team for the first time in a few years. And it was almost half a billion dollars. It was in the $400 million range. Um, Now that does include the NWSL team, the Academy and the USL rights as well, um, even though the USL team isn't active. But those three things are not huge money drivers. They don't have that much value. Um, especially with how much NWSL and USL are willing to expand. So the bulk of that price is the MLS team. So for someone in Columbus to make a qualifying offer, I would guess you're looking at at least 300 million to you know even make it a quality offer or a realistic offer, which is a lot more than uh, what we expected, what I expected.
0: One other thing that I don't know, I don't know what the situation is down in Orlando that I was just thinking about is who owns their stadium is the stadium included in the value of that team? I believe um,
1: it is. I think I missed that.
0: So that may be the difference maker there. I mean, if somebody just wants to, you know, they've got a 200 million dollar stadium there and I'm assuming that that won't be included in the valuation of Columbus because Precourt owns that right. separately. Right. Um and I would assume that any ownership group that came in would be looking at a new field somewhere else in columbus so that may change things a little bit
1: but even and this is totally off the top of my head i wish i had it in front of me but i'm pretty sure forbes's estimations the highest valued club was la galaxy and i want to say it was like 263 million
0: that sounds right about spot on from what i read.
1: and that's almost half of what (laughs) Orlando went for. And so even without the stadium, the other teams, everything else, it's still probably going to be more than what Forbes thought the highest valued club (laughs) was. Yeah. Um, It's just fucking crazy how valuable these MLS teams are because the attendance is not backing it up. And the more people that are able to watch the MLS games and see that there aren't a lot of people at them, Um, especially Dallas, Houston, Philly, um, a lot of the older teams, Columbus, unfortunately. And I know there's a lot of reasons for that, but uh, it's it's crazy stuff. Sorry. I I need to not get sidetracked by that, but it's crazy how much these clubs are worth now.
0: Yeah. It's going to be interesting to watch what happens, especially if the art model law does come into play here with that lawsuit.
1: That's really the last big hope for anyone hoping to keep the team in Columbus uh, including those in San Antonio that are, are hoping that it stays in Columbus, because I don't think I don't think that a team in Austin cancels San Antonio's ability to get an MLS. But I do think that it adds another decade to it. Um, I, I think both teams, both markets, can exist but I don't think it'll be a high demand expansion until it gets to 29, 30, 31, 32, as opposed to these 28 spots. So screws a lot of things up, but unfortunately it's kind of out of everybody's hands right now, except for Austin and uh, PSV. So
0: that's where we're at. Well, we got one last thing on our docket for this week. I know you're excited for this one. I (laughs) mean, I, I'm excited from, for it from the city standpoint, but it doesn't really do much for me because yeah. I'm just not in on it. But uh, there were some grumblings this week about Major League Baseball considering San Antonio as an interesting option for an expansion team. And I'll let you take the reins oh, on that my one. God,
1: I'm so excited about this, Larry. So you and I have talked a lot about how the NFL in particular has used San Antonio as a bargaining chip. Mm-hmm. Uh, saying oh well we're just gonna take the raiders to san antonio and this and that and uh, i never really bought into that and never really thought they were serious and um when MOB commissioner rob manfred mentioned earlier this week that san antonio is an appealing expansion market it's kind of like yeah okay like that's neat he's just saying that because they were asking about the final four or whatever um, but there was another statement today on opening day where the Chicago Cubs beat the shit out of the Marlins. Um, <laughs> as I wear my Cubs shirt on my soccer podcast, um, <laughs> there's another statement today on, I believe it was MOB Radio on Series XM, where the MOB Commissioner Rob Manfred mentioned San Antonio again and he mentioned it in the same sentence the same category as montreal which montreal lost the expos uh, several right. years ago and has been at the top of the expansion list since and the really the short list for expansion um so once once he's talking about san antonio in the same sentence as montreal that's what really makes me go wait a minute this is a guy who might actually be serious about this <laughs> And um obviously, you know nothing can happen unless there's someone willing to pay for it, which to our knowledge, there is not at the moment um But San Antonio is getting into the same position with baseball as they have been with soccer for the last few years because you have two expansion spots, potentially uh thirty one and thirty two but the Oakland Athletics and the Tampa Bay Rays also have stadium deals that are very difficult right now. And I don't think the A's are going anywhere. And honestly, part of me is biased on that because I freaking grew up in that stadium. Um, but I, I have a hard time seeing MLB wanting to move out of the Oakland market. Um, but the NFL just did it. And the NFL yeah. is doing all right. Um, and Tampa, I've also been in that ballpark, weirdly enough. I've been to a lot of baseball stadiums. Um, and, and it's kind of trash and it was when it opened. So, um, if those can't get done, it could be looking at relocation to San Antonio again, if there's an ownership. So with baseball, you have four spots. <laughs> Sounds
0: familiar. Oh, right? Jesus. Oh Here we go again.
1: <laughs> we back baby expansion talk 2018. <laughs> so anyway, I, I know that's not soccer related. I know this is a soccer podcast, but, um, Obviously, if MLB gets serious, if an ownership group appears, um, that's going to cause some issues for any MLS bid because um, unless they're partnering together and building an MLB slash MLS stadium, which I don't imagine. Please,
0: God, don't let it happen.
1: (laughs) I don't imagine that happening. But if you have MLB competing with MLS for money for a stadium, that's going to be tough because, as I've said before, I don't think Toyota Field is in the plans for MLS expansion because of its location and because of its everything. Um, so it could complicate things, even removing the Austin situation. But that's my two cents. Sorry. I got really excited
0: because it's opening day. I no, it's no talk you know, and a long time after this. You've, you've got good reason to be excited. Um, I'm not a baseball guy. Straight up, I'm not a baseball guy. You know this. Not everybody else doesn't know this. (laughs) Football and soccer are my big things, and curling. Don't forget curling. (laughs) Of course. Um, Number one sport in America. Yeah, absolutely. Um, But I will get behind any major league sport making an appearance in San Antonio. I I will go to games occasionally because I do enjoy going to games. I just can't sit there and watch baseball on TV. Yeah, it's it bores the fair, living but... shit out of me when I'm trying to watch it on TV. Yeah. But I have fun going to missions games when I go. So I'd go to baseball games here if we had a, a, an MLB team every now and then. Mm. Um, it's good for the city. Like yeah. another Any more major league sports, be it baseball or hockey or soccer, any of those coming – to san antonio is good for us and good for the city i'll get behind it
1: mlb had 72.6 million in attendance last year holy um, shit if the number i saw earlier was correct so well, they
0: also have what like three thousand games a season so
1: yes but is <laughs> as much as baseball is dead to a lot of people and as boring as it can be for a lot of people um, it's still bigger than mls it's not bigger than yeah. soccer Um, You know, Liga Mequis and Premier League and national team that outranks baseball at this point in viewership, but strictly talking about MLS and of course, USL MLB is the number three behind basketball and football. Um, So to have that in San Antonio would be huge and it would only increase the city's profile and it should increase MLS's drive to get a team there. Um, the cool thing about baseball, to me, we were talking about this last night, is that, like you said, there's 162 games. So, the cost of going is so much cheaper. <laughs> like, yeah. you can get decent seats for 10 bucks. You can do a thing like Baltimore's doing, where you know kids get in free, and there's there's just a lot of opportunity there. So, I hope that it all swings positive, and it all hope it all means like a way that San Antonio can get soccer and baseball and keep basketball. Um, I don't think the NFL is ever coming here, but just it would be cool for the city is it, my main point And the main reason we're talking about it on here.
0: So before we go, I, I want to ask because I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit with oh, this baseball okay. stuff with numbers. Do you have any clue what it would cost like an ownership team to put a team here? Like, I feel like I heard numbers that were like in the billions of dollars. Oh,
1: yeah, easy. so the Marlins just sold for over a billion um, and that's with a brand new stadium, right? But also with the Derek Jeter discount, like they sold that as cheap as they could because they wanted Derek Jeter to be an owner. Um, so that's the most recent valuation, as far as I know. Um, but to to bring in a new stadium and an expansion fee and player salaries and everything else, I can't imagine it being less than a billion. The the entry fee is just so much higher than mls oh yeah Mm -hmm. i don't i don't know that the spurs would be interested in that just for that pure reason um which is why i'm kind of wondering if there's another ownership group that could step up it's definitely not the missions ownership group they don't they don't have that kind of money as far as i know that's
0: ridiculous money
1: yeah yeah i mean that's major league man (laughs) Yeah, yeah you're right you're not wrong there Yeah, it definitely comes with a price. That's why, again, I'm really excited right now. It's opening day. I'm a baseball fan in addition to soccer and football and hockey and everything else. But, um, you know, there has to be an ownership group for it to happen. Right. (laughs) Um, It'd be really freaking cool for the city, though, if if they could make it work. Um, Before we go, I want to hit up Twitter real quick um, on my cellular data right now fucking Wi-Fi. Sorry, last time. Um, first off, happy birthday to Aaron Reit. Um, Congratulations on being alive. You did it. <laughs> no, happy birthday, man. Um, I got to chat with Aaron before uh, the St. Louis game and it was really cool. So, um, Happy birthday to you. Hope it was a good one. Um, let's see. Jesus asked about the goalkeeper situation. Oh, God. Why is... Why is Siri doing shit? Oh my God,
0: (laughs) my iPad
1: and my phone and like everything just kicked into, I can't even say your name or it'll bring it up again. All right, here we go. Um, Tomas says, seems like we're much more inclined to play with possession through two games. Is that just a plan going forward or is it just these two games? That's something that I'm really interested in finding out because like we talked about with Diego's play style earlier, they last year they wanted to get the ball forward quickly. It was possession with purpose. It was, um, you know, not wasting time with a lot of backward passes and and that kind of stuff. So, um, I know Darren Powell wasn't worried about possession last year when we asked him about it, it was kind of an irrelevant number. Uh, was the vibe that I got when I asked him about it, but it is something that we've noticed through these two games. There's a lot more possession. Um, but there's goals being scored. So I don't know. What do you think?
0: Remains to be seen. I'm not ready to put a verdict out yet. I think we need a bigger pool of games to look at. Talk to us in six weeks and we'll see what we've been doing.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm really glad that we could figure out stuff on the fly here tonight. We could text our friends. We could complain about internet. We could talk baseball. Um, Man, I feel like we had a more soccer relevant podcast in the off season. How did we manage that? <laughs>
0: I mean, we—I don't know—we just did. Whatever.
1: Um, quick, quick note, uh, little, little behind the scenes here. We had some issues last week and a couple weeks before that too with our podcast hosting. Um, so not hosting as in me and Larry, but like the people that we upload our podcast to and they distribute it. Um, So we fired him and we got somebody else and we are all set up with them and we're really excited about it. So you can go to the brand new Texas soccer com and play all of our episodes there. Uh, You can find us on Apple podcasts on Stitcher and now on Google play as well. Um, That link was broken. It's been repaired. (laughs) um, All things go well. You'll be able to find us on Spotify, in the not too distant future too but we have to uh show that we actually have an audience so keep downloading keep playing and eventually we'll be on spotify and take over
0: all of your podcast apps one by one so you don't even have to listen just download just download download. it's probably
1: better that you don't listen (laughs) Let's, let's be real um If there's anywhere that you want to hear us and you're not currently hearing us, please reach out and let me know on Twitter at Kyle underscore Mankey or at TX Soccer Radio and we can get that figured out. We can host pretty much anywhere. We we found some really good guys and hopefully they don't go out of business or crap the bed like our old
0: host. Yeah.
1: Anyway, not to to shit on that too much. Moving on. Anyway, I have been Kyle Mankey. He's been Larry Leathers. Thank you so much for listening, even though we got a little off the rails. Uh, we'll have a guest for next week. We'll be back to normal next week, and uh, it'll be fun time. So 9 p.m. Thursdays on Periscope. Come hang out. Until then, we will see you later. Take care.